Ooh, you didn't tell me you were a brainiac. Good afternoon or morning, depending upon when you're listening to us. All the brainiacs out there, your host, Slapdog, and I am joined by Alan Casanova Castro and our newest member here at Leather Brains, none other than Sam. Is it, It's Coic, right? I just want to make sure I don't butcher Coic, this. Coic, Coic, Coic. How, how is it pronounced? So that way I don't butcher it again. Coic's fine. Coic, okay. Well, Sam Sam sexy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. those of you watching live, he is dressed to the nines. He's looking great. Sam, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh and give a little background as to who you are and what you're gonna bring to this leather brace team, my friend. First and foremost, don't get used to the suit, but uh <laughs> just kind of an anomaly, but uh do like wearing a suit. Just a bit about me. But anyways, uh love fantasy football to the nth degree. That's why I'm here. Super happy to join uh, such a great crew here. Uh, formerly was a beat writer for the Denver Broncos for an online publication. Uh, well, a, cu- a couple of them. Uh, some really good ones out here in Denver, Colorado. Uh, went to CU Denver, got a journalism degree to do just that and cover the Broncos for three and a half seasons covered the the Raiders of all people remotely one year and uh, some high school basketball, some other things like that. Uh, so just a, just a sport, sport fiend, man, just a sport fiend. So super excited to be here and join the crew. We're excited to have you. Um, you gave us a compliment. You don't have to flatter us. We know that we're just subpar at best, but we do appreciate it nonetheless. Um, so we're, we're, we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, and it is going to be to ask you all the questions that we have have compiled regarding what it's like to be a, a beat reporter. But before we do that, we have to talk about some of the news that has happened recently in NFL That's football. It. So we're going to get down to business. Hey, boys, let's get down to business. First piece of news. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about a gentleman. We have Odell Beckham Jr., OBJ has signed a one-year deal with the Ravens worth up to $18 million with a $15 million guarantee. This is really, it's kind of a lull right now in, in NFL uh, news. So this is kind of this broke headlines. What was our initial thoughts when we saw this? Alan, Alan, I'll let you go. I got I got strong opinions on this one. <laughs> I'm happy to t- I'm happy to take the lead. Um, I, I thought it. I mean, I think the same as everybody's initial reaction. I thought it was an overpay. I was very shocked at how much money they offered him. It makes you wonder how many other teams were involved for the number to get that high. Um, almost I'm almost thinking there was a secret bidding war with some teams that I would love to know who it is, because I don't think the Ravens just arbitrarily shot a number out of their ass and were like. 18 million. Like, I think they were just like, I think there was a good bidding war in there. But I also, I also wonder what I know the there was like that tweet going out with um, Lamar where they were kind of on FaceTime and they actually went to a bar together. They went to a club mm-hmm. <laughs> together and they got like bottle service and all that. So I know they're kicking it off. It almost makes it sound like it might be luring, uh, you know, him back into the fold as far as like the Ravens are concerned. I thought it was an overpay, but I, I can see why they needed to do it. Oh, man. I, I kind of agree with that. I, you know, when I first heard this, I was like, man, that's a lot of money. 
there are teams out there that need a good wide receiver, right? They they need like the Giants come to mind um, as somebody that is is prominently in desperate need of wide receiver help. The Jets were a point of conversation as somebody who was certainly interested in OBJ, which I was surprised with, given everything that they've done in the offseason. You know, they just traded Elijah Moore, so they didn't really, you know, they they kind of pushed him off after Elijah Moore wanted to be traded midseason, and they told him no. They signed, uh, or they already had Garrett Wilson. They signed um, Alan Lazard. I just, I didn't really see the need for them to go and get him, other than the fact that, of course, he who shall not be named wanted OBJ to go there, and, and that being Aaron Rodgers. So uh, there, there are a couple other teams that needed OBJ or needed a wide receiver. I, I don't hate the, I, I do think they overpaid. I agree with you, Alan. That I've seen some Ravens fans that are actually kind of upset by the the length of the contract, and that to me was really really surprising because OBJ is thirty years old. They're like, why didn't you give him to a two or three year deal? And I, I've seen murmurs of that, and I'm like, why would you? Like, why would you give a wide receiver who is coming off of a leg injury that late in his career? It, you know, they're like, he's a Super Bowl winning. I'm like, yeah, okay, but he, you could kind of get carried there, so. I didn't really see the argument there for it, um, but I think it makes sense for the Ravens because one of two things, and this is how I look at it, one of two things is going to happen, right? Lamar's either going to go this year and he's going to play and be done, and then the Ravens are going to go under a hard rebuild, or they work out a contract with Lamar. They're probably still, in my eyes, going to draft a rookie wide receiver because they don't really have the depth there. That's my thought, um, but I... I it makes sense, right? I, I think it made sense for them to get him. It wasn't overpay, but you look at the wide receiver market and it's not great either. So that, that there could be an argument there as well. Sam, what are you thinking? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with you guys 100%. Um, <laughs> it's almost like, you, and you don't want to think this about guys. Best case scenario, they went to the club and they were like, yo, I'm just milking up. Like Mars saying, I'm just milking them. I'm going to get this deal done. You're going to come here. We're going to do big things. The other side of it is like he requested a trade. He's unhappy with them. They're still far apart. He's like, hey, man, get get that money. If they're if they're if they're way up here and the Jets are here, uh, Giants are here, 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 because I know he was talking to the Giants a little bit back. Uh, a few weeks back, it could have been that play. Now, I don't know, you know, I'm not in the room with them, but what I do know about uh, players and their representation is it's get the biggest number. It's get the biggest number. And I'm just looking at uh, uh, spotrack.com. I mean, I knew it was a 15 million. It's all front loaded. Like it's done. He's, Mm -hmm. he's making 13, 13.8 13.8 is his signing. It's over. Like now, that's just that's just apples apples day one. I don't think I think Odell of old is gone. Like he's, I just don't think he can produce. Like even let's say Lamar goes uh, signs big contract with the Ravens. I don't think Odell is a number one in the NFL. I just don't. No, that's and number I, one money. That's number one money. Yeah, yeah and I, I don't I don't think I don't in think the best case scenario that's number one money. But do you think do you think it's because the wide receiver market is so scarce right now? I mean, one of the top prospects was Juju coming out of as like a free agent this offseason. Hey, he's a Super Bowl winner. He's a Super Bowl winner. (laughs) Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Who else is still out there? D Hop. 
Well, D-Hop's not on the mark. I mean, he uh, look, I'm a Cardinals fan. I'm hoping he goes somewhere and he and greater things are to come. D-Hop, D-Hop is He's Odell Beckham three years ago. D-Hop is – D-Hop's a number one. Yes. D-Hop's a number one. If the Ravens were serious and uh, – I, I don't know. I just I just think it's a massive overpay with and, – and what's hilarious is the other guys in the running are the Jets, and we've all chatted on the text chain about he who shall not be named. <laughs> like, that's what's hilarious. The other one was he's, he's, he's wooing the Jets. Like, these two I, – I hope – just for entertainment and drama value, I hope I hope the Packers hold uh, hold the Jets' feet to the fire because I mean it's just hilarious to me. It and is. so Beckham's playing these two franchises that have no clue who's going to be their quarterback. I mean, no clue is yeah, but I know you're. Yeah. Oh wow, a cat has joined us. Hello, cat. Um, oh, yeah, this is this no. is Lola. <laughs> she uh, cannot be deterred. She'll be she'll be in a lot of episodes. So, Perfect. Sorry. We're glad to have her. <laughs> You know, I think I think there's. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun season, and and I I am interested to see what happens with Lamar. I think the Ravens partially did this, knowing that they overpay in the hopes that they can appease Lamar. I think that that could potentially be part of that because Lamar wanted Lamar. You look at who Mark or Mark. You look at who Lamar had for wide receivers this last year, and it was nobody. It was Mark Andrews until he got hurt. And it was Rashad Bateman who everybody has slated and said he's supposed to be the wide receiver one, and he's not. I was just going to say, remind me, remind me, because the Ravens have tried to do this sort of thing, uh, like patchwork. Hollywood Brown, right? Mm-hmm. Hollywood Brown was supposed to come over and be the number one deep threat, get it going, didn't pan out. And then last year they, they kind of tried to do jack-of-all-trades guys. And now I think they just overpaid uh, a used to be number one, and that's no that's no slight. It's just it's just reality. I don't think. Yeah, I we're think... talking about what's his injury history. It's two massive knee injuries, right? Two, or, yeah, it's a second. It's a second. I think you talk about some of the. I think it's hard to get like big name wide receivers, and I think Odell comes into this knowing because if you look at how their offense is structured, they're not a team that's like we're going to stretch you out and, you know, we're going to do all these things. Like there's a reason why Mark Andrews is a focal point. There's a reason why they, you know, go through running backs like crazy. It's a reason why Lamar is who he is. Like they built that offense around him. And I looking at this from a fantasy perspective, I am kind of interested in what Odell's value could be because he could be a sneaky, like third option on, on a lot of rosters with how he could be. And I don't know, like, I don't know, what they're going to do with him. But I think it's interesting how this offense has evolved and you see wide receivers, like they just like, they could be great, but it's like, they don't get that opportunity consistently enough for them to, to be worth it. And I think their value tanks while being here. So from Odell's side, let me get all this money I can right away in one year and know that. Oh man. Like regardless, like literally regardless what happens, let's say Lamar goes somewhere else. You think Odell's going to be mad at Lamar the next time they see each other? Like, no, no, like, they're no. Gonna be okay. Yeah, I, you mentioned fantasy. Mark Andrews. I mean, does his value increase with this just because potentially the field is more open now? We saw what happened last year when there was no wide receivers on the field, but Mark Andrews, who is of course a tight end, 
it was difficult because defenses were keying on him because he was the only guy on the field. So does this mm-hmm. does this spread the spread the field out a little bit more? Not only for Mark Andrews but also Rashad Bateman. I mean, does this does this get a little bit more exciting for fantasy owns for both those people? I I think so. Just if you look at structurally how the defense would have to work, like if you put Andrews like lined up on the outside of a formation with Odell as a wide receiver on that side as well, you you're not able to like you're going to have to pick which one you want to go for. And all they need is Odell to have like some semblance of his former self to give that threat for that defense to back off just enough for Andrews to go to work on like either a, a slower, a slower linebacker or like a small corner all by himself. Like they can make that work. And so hopefully they go that route. Cause I think that that's where Andrews will eat the most. Yeah. I mean, this, I think this is good for everybody, but Odell, I think Odell, I think Odell, let's just say again, let's just, say Jackson goes to the Ravens and everything works out. I think Odell has a similar, it's, it's like a, not as bad as like a Baker Mayfield uh, Brown situation, but I think you're going to see targets go down, bracketing, all those things he complained about in Cleveland. I think that goes way up, which is great for Andrews and Andrews is, you know, there's Travis Kelsey in the fantasy world and everybody else. But everybody else, those those two and three guys is is, is Kittle Andrews, and then a whole nother uh, category. Mm, so sure. uh, yeah, I think it, I think it increases for everybody but Odell. Do we unless, think- they get, unless they get some unless they sign somebody at his level or better? Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't pick Odell till maybe the fifth round. That was kind of where I had him, and, and maybe even worse, uh, you know, just depending upon, and I'm interested to see where ADP is this year, but uh, before we move on from the the Odell conversation, I do want to, to spin zone this just ever so slightly. He's working for a contract, too. I mean, do, do you think that there's a, a, in his mind, he wants to retire after this year, or do you think he might work and try and get another one-year contract somewhere else? I, I We can't speculate on that, but I just want to throw it out there as a potential that he might still be trying to bust ass and, and work hard to get another one-year contract elsewhere. I'm going to say that, and then I'm going to pivot this ever so slightly. Okay. Who's the wide receiver one on this team? Is it Bateman or is it Odell? Like, for fantasy purposes... Which one would you rather have at this very moment as the wide receiver one? After I talk all that trash, I would have to say Odell. I mean, okay. I would still have to say Odell. <laughs> I, I think I would as well. I mean, Mark Andrews is the guy to own, of course, but between these two wide receivers in that position. I th- I want to say he's leaning towards like not playing. If you look at like where Odell's headspace, like he was getting kicked off of planes and he was like high as shit. Like, I'm not so sure that he's like going balls to the wall. Like he got his ring. He's gotten paid. He has a notoriety. He's got all the indoor, you know, he's got all the money he needs. And he's just like trying to cash a few more checks on his way out the door is what I think it is. Like, I think he knows his knees are not where they should be. I think he's good enough. But I think at the end of the day, if you look at it from like the business sense for him, it's like, you know, if I can cash a couple more checks, why wouldn't you? Why would you walk sure. away if somebody's willing to pay you? <laughs> so I think he's just kind of in that mode too. Okay, could could be could be. I mean, let's 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 be honest. He's a handsome dude. He's a good he knows guy. the LA scene. Like, I mean, that dude's not hurting hurting for uh, anything. Damn, he, I do he think he's going to continue try to try to play. So you have a point there. Um, and I think there's got to be some drive within him that says, "Hey, people think." 
you know, I've fallen off. Like I'm going to go for it. But I just, I, I don't think with the injury history, I just don't think it's possible. How, however hard he works, I don't think it's going to pan out. That's just, that's just my yeah, opinion. Yeah, he's got too okay. many miles on him. Too many yeah. miles. All right. Another guy who has a lot of miles on him, Tyreek Hill, wide receiver for the Dolphins, former Chiefs Allen, uh, mm-hmm. said in a recent radio appearance that he plans on retiring in two years. So after the 2025 season, Tyreek plans to hang up the helmet. Initial thoughts here, gentlemen. We will start with Sam. Man, well, I think I think it's a great idea in theory. I mean, how many pro athletes said they, they'd give a they'd give a dateline and then exceed it? Uh, I think somebody with his skill set, I think if it's sincere and he's got a plan with his financials and all that thing, that's that's super smart. He's a speed player. I mean, he could catch the ball. He, he's a great pass catcher. But his game is speed. And if he the sees cheetah, the writing on the wall. Yeah, yeah, he's a cheetah. If he sees the writing on the wall, I think it's I think it's a genius move. Uh, maximize maximize your uh, your time. And then get out when you can with with all your faculties. Let's be honest; we love football, but uh, true, it's, yeah. it's very similar to a boxer. You go <clears throat> too long, and you you risk a lot of things. I got I, I got I got something to say here uh, on Tyreek. Number one, very grateful for all of his contributions to the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> I want to thank him for his service. Um, yeah. Beyond That's that, true. fuck him. Oh. I don't care. Um, I can't wait for him to come back to Miami or coming back to Kansas City with Miami this year. I want to see what that game's going to be like. He likes to talk a lot. He talked a lot on his way out the door, how Kansas yeah. City didn't want to pay him, this, that, and the other fucking thing. When We know that wasn't true. Um, so, I I mean, I, I say this with, like, every player. I think Yeti and I were talking about this on Easter, which is a very good Easter conversation. But I was saying, like, as much as I love my team, like, it's not – I'm if Mahomes gets to the end of his career and he goes to a different team – He's dead to me. Like I don't care anymore. Like I like the Chiefs. I want the Chiefs to go. I want the Chiefs to do well. I do not care once you leave. Good for you. Congratulations. That being said, I kind of believe him. You know, he signed a four-year, hundred and twenty million dollar deal. Like he he got like over twenty million in signing. He's he's good to go. And so I kind of believe him because I don't think he's going to sign another one of those. And you know, I I I think you know is. As long as much as he's played already and the miles that he has, like you know, he's, I think he's kind of earned it. I I believe him, but we'll see what happens. But I'm happy to get him in Kansas City this year. I I liked the fact that he did this, and I think it's really smart on his part because he's uh, obviously there's a lull in NFL news. It grabs media attention and kind of puts more of the spotlight on him a little bit. But it also like if he actually adheres to what he's saying, I I really think this is a great move because as Sam had mentioned, he is the cheetah. And he's getting old and speed kills, but it, like that's where he has been most efficient at. So I, I like I, I like the idea of him riding off into the sunset saying, this is my drop date. This is what I'm going to do. But I we have to talk about fantasy football here, guys. I mean, in, in redraft formats, obviously, he's still a killer. He's still going to be mm-hmm. one of those top tier guys. But let's let's look at a dynasty perspective. And and for those that are, are playing dynasty. I'm just going to say this. I don't think his value changes. I really don't think his value has changed at all because he's still proven. I mean, he was what wide receiver one or two this last year. Like he was still one of the top guys. He is still a top tier talent. And I think that he will be barring any sort of injury, which we don't rule for injuries here. His value has not changed for me. His value is, is the exact same. And there's some people in dynasty formats that are like, 
oh, he's a hard sell now. And I'm like, dude, you knew what you had when you had him. You had an aging <laughs> wide receiver that is incredibly talented. So it, I don't think his value has changed at all. But I, but I think, you know, let's let's look at Jalen Waddle for a second because Jalen Waddle is somebody who is is a very young, very talented, and was the wide receiver one in this team until Tyreek came along. Two years. That's 2025. Okay. That is when Jalen Waddle becomes a free agent as well. So that gets really, really interesting because Jalen Waddle's dynasty value is incredibly high right now. I, I, I don't think anybody's going to get him at any, any sort of discount because he is young and talented. I don't think Waddle's changes either. And that's just my opinion. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree with that. But with Waddle, Waddle's going to be looking for a bag. He's going to be looking for a really big contract. And... I think this is kind of a shit or get off the pot moment for the Dolphins right now because they're going to have to figure out their wide receiver situation in 2025 and they're going to lose two wide receiver ones essentially. So yeah, I, I don't know if you guys agree or disagree with that, yeah. but that's my initial take. Yeah. A couple quick like points of reference of all this, like him and Devonte Adams, I mean about the same age, they're talking like 33 when yeah. Tyreek is saying he's going to hang it up, which is pretty on par for like when the wide receivers start to like level off and, you start seeing some of that wear and tear. Um, I I think Waddle. That's interesting. I I agree with you. I don't think Tyreek's value because that's still three years away. Like that's three years of production. Like why everybody that was panicking. Like what if I said the same thing about Devonte Adams? Like what if he said, "Yeah, I'm going to do this three more years," which is a long, you know, could be time. the exact same. I think yeah. we're we get so siloed into these players that we forget. If you like backed out, like even four years ago, like think about the players you were drafting it happens quickly and it's okay. Mm -hmm. But I think Tyreek's somebody that you definitely want to hold on to, you know, through the, through the end of it. Cause he's doesn't have like really injury history. He's still fast as hell. And so I think it's, it, I don't, and nobody should panic off of this news no. at all. No, it would be hilarious. It would be hilarious to like, if somebody out there in the universe was tracking, uh, guys, retirement estimates, and then averaging how many years they play after that estimate. So I, I mean, you talk about dynasty league. I would put it at, I would put it at whoever has them in dynasty. You don't do shit with him until uh, a year after his estimate, because he's going to play past that. He's going to yeah. play past that. Unless you're uh, a hard rebuilding team, in which case I don't know. I don't know Tyreek. He could be. He could be some sort of financial genius or have all these side hustles going, but. Um, I would give I would give an, even the cheetah an extra year or two past what he's saying now, like a Devontae Adams, a possession receiver, a, a tall, physical, imposing guy. Those guys go long, like Larry Fitzgerald. Like Larry Fitzgerald can stay in the league because he's a old. possession receiver, caught mm -hmm. everything, tall guy. Like that's a route runner. And not to say that these guys aren't route runners, but I mean when you when you lose your speed and you're five ten, that's that's a that's the problem. So I think yeah, his I, estimate's accurate, but I, I, the money will talk, and I, I would give him one to two years past his Yeah, estimate. I think you, you mentioned speed, and it's almost – you see that a lot too with like former speedy running backs where it's like as soon as that even shakes or wobbles a little bit, it's gone. I almost think of it like Chris Johnson when with the Titans. Like he was like the must-have. He's scoring a touchdown every time he touches the ball, and then like as soon as he got a little slow, it was like that was it. <laughs> you never heard from him again. <laughs> You just kind of fell off. So I I, I, I agree with you. Well, I'm sure we're going to touch on running backs today, yeah? Um, we are, actually. We're going to talk about Saquon Barkley. 
He is someone who, uh, who it just came out in the news today that he will not be signing the franchise tag and therefore will not be eligible to participate when the Giants, Giants offseason program begins on Monday. Barkley was not happy with the tag, and this is his way of making that known. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch, big ouch. I mean, what are, what are you guys thinking here? This is not something I think Giants fans certainly wanted to see. I think everybody was just kind of hoping he would shut his mouth and sign the tag, and then we'd deal with it next year. It does not look like that's going to be the case. Alan, you want to you want you want to jump on that? Uh, I do. I think this. I think it's just he. This is one of his only options to give the franchise his middle finger. He he doesn't have very many ways to do that other than this. Um, I do think he eventually signs it. Um, I think, I think we do that. I think this is just his way of kind of like, I don't like this. And I think this is his formal protest in, yeah. in, in his mind, but I think he signs it again. It's off season. Little things like this happen all the time. This isn't the first time a major player has refused to sign a franchise tender and then doesn't show up and then eventually signs it and plays and has a hell of a year and everybody's hugging each other at some point. So not unheard of. I think this is just his way of formally protesting that. I think it's his way of not having to go do bullshit in the off season. He can eat he can eat cheeseburgers and and hang out, and then not oh, deal with the shit. <laughs> That's what I think. Well, I, we all we all know Saquon. Uh, <laughs> that man has not had a carb in his life. Maybe going no. sashimi to salt protein, just uh, <laughs> maybe a little sake. Um, but no, I think uh, I think I think it's a leverage tactic. You know, uh, I think he's going to have to put up with the tag this year, and let's 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 fast forward a year. If this happens next year, I could see him playing real hardball. Um, but I think the Giants had to do what they had to do at quarterback, and uh, maybe he's maybe he's chatting up his buddy Austin Eckler. I don't know if they're buddies, but Austin <laughs> Eckler on, on the West Coast. What a what a tough time to be a running back, like a, a really good running back. Mm-hmm. You're talking about probably top three running backs in the league that are uh, just um, dealing with a situation where the rest of their colleagues have, have, have kind of besmirched the position. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough spot to be in, but I, I agree with Alan. I think it's just a leverage play. Yeah. I think it's, it, I think it's to hold out of workouts and we all know Saquon's working out somewhere. He just maybe doesn't want to be in New Jersey. Also, what a tough time to be a fitted pair of pants if you're Austin, like if you're around Austin Eckler or Saquon. Could you imagine like them trying to put on any dress pants over those thighs? Yeah, I mean they, they. I mean let's let's Rip. let's let's give a little love, man. They gotta they gotta tailor all their pants. That's where their <laughs> yeah, they're they're, they're not showing up at they're not showing up at men's warehouse just pulling shit off the rack. Yeah. They're not going to J.C. Penney's like give me those give me those slims. They're just gonna yeah, rip right man. through those sons of bitches. <laughs> It's a tough life. It's a tough life. <laughs> well, I think that's it for the NFL cleanup. So, Sam, we are now going to grill you and harass you with a bunch of questions. So, let's bust. Lord have mercy, I'm about to bust. Here we go, baby. <laughs> Sam, former beat reporter for the Denver Broncos. We have quite a slew of questions for you. But the, the, the one that I think we uh, we have gotten requested most is, have you ever seen an NFL player naked in the locker room? And are they really built different? <laughs> Dude, I, I thought about this as we were kind of chit-chatting ahead of uh, the program. Uh, 
luckily, you know, everybody's got their, you know, their preferences. There's nothing wrong with anybody's, uh, you know, preferences. I'm happy to say there was no full nudity in the locker rooms, or at least, oh, wow. or at least oh. the players, the players were. Uh, so, so Damn. to give an idea, game day practice. There's everybody goes in the locker rooms. There's a there's a few minutes here or there, and then the press is allowed to proceed. And I'm sure it wasn't always this way, uh, but once I got in there, it was it was towel or better on the on the lower half. Yeah. So. Uh, wasn't wasn't seeing nobody was hanging dong in there. <laughs> Dang it! I am. Yeah. I imagined it to be like the movie Any Given Sunday, where they're just like all in the locker room, just naked, and there's crocodiles, and there's just just shit happening. <laughs> those oh shit, those were the glory days. Lost my lamp. Um, those were those might have been the glory days, but no. Um, I will tell you if the next question was who was the fittest player you ever saw. Uh, there was there was a couple candidates. Uh, we all remember Vernon Davis. Oh my god! Tight end, tight end for the Niners. Once he got to the Broncos, he was kind of over over the hill, uh, so to speak. I mean, he was probably like thirty two, but uh, probably had, if I'm estimating, five percent body fat. Like that dude was that dude Jeez. was ridiculous. The if you want to talk just position, and you're like, this doesn't make sense was uh demarcus Ware, hall of famer or soon to be hall of famer i think this year uh hall of famer you know he had to have been six five two fifty sixty something like that like that dude that dude was sub 10 percent body fat like that dude was that's scary uh, just ridiculous that is so scary. So he's a you know dm and you didn't get uh, to see and you didn't get to see either of them naked what a waste Well, you know, know, I probably just would have been extremely emasculating, but no, no, I just, you know, I could tell a story, but no, I didn't, unfortunately. Okay. So what years, what years were you uh, a beat reporter for the Broncos, just for everybody listening? Uh, So I want to say 2016, 17 to 2021. Okay. I saw, saw uh, you know. Broncos there had some rough years, shuffling quarterbacks, but then I I basically came on right uh, the Peyton Manning years. That would have been – well, excuse me. I saw all the Peyton Manning years. So I think Peyton Manning was 13, 14, 15, 16, or, you know, end of, end of 15 uh, was the Super Bowl. So basically I jumped on right when we got Peyton Manning, and I say we because I'm a lifelong Denver Bronco fan, but uh, – uh, right when we got Peyton Manning, we set all the records, uh, won a Super Bowl, rode off into the sunlight, sunset, and then, uh, and then, and then I saw you know 2016 hit, and we were terrible, and I decided to quit. No, I'm just kidding. That's not why I quit. That's not why I quit. But uh, no, no, it was awesome. It was awesome. You know, uh, saw saw Peyton Manning, which was super cool. Interacted with him quite a bit, and. Uh, saw some records broken. Got to be in a Super Bowl winning locker room. It's cool stuff like that. That yeah. would be like. Tell us a little bit about that. Like, what what was what did that look like? Is, I mean, we all see the Super Bowl on TV. It's one of the most like international televised events ever. What was it like in that locker room? Like, yeah. is it just and, pure bliss? And and was anybody yeah. naked? <laughs> so nobody was naked, but uh, Alan, you. you 
<laughs> luckily you're you're uh, the your team's the champions right now but i mean uh it might hurt you to hear it but it was it was awesome it was it was really cool to see you know i think safe to say us three on here played sports growing up and th that bond you share with somebody over a season and then watching it go to fruition and and uh as sports fans i often forget about you know year over year it's the newest hottest thing and the newest champion but if you recall that year peyton manning really struggled after several seasons of of breaking records i mean offensive records the, the broncos were unstoppable they went to super bowl i think it was 48 got stomped by the seahawks when they were the top offense of all time uh, made a major shift, and then I got to see that shift of the investment in defense. And then you see their leader, their guy who's supposed to be bulletproof, really struggle. The defense, I think they won. They won a record amount of games by one score or less. I mean, every game was was down to the wire. And then the Super Bowl, uh, the Super Bowl. As soon as I saw Von Miller strip sack Cam Newton and them take it in the end zone, I was like, this is a this is a wrap. Yeah, I think there's a statistic on that too. Like defensive touchdowns in the Super Bowl, like they've won like ninety some percent of the time. Like if you get a score like that in the Super, which is crazy because we feel like that happens like all the time in regular NFL games. But um, I do want to put a footnote here for all the listeners. Sam, you got to see something in person that the Minnesota Vikings, the Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Atlanta Falcons, Panthers, Cardinals, Titans, Chargers, Browns, Lions, Jaguars, and Texans have never seen, and that is a Super Bowl. So congratulations. No players from those teams have ever seen it, but you have. Yes. Yes, I did. And you know what's cool is what's cool is you know, there's a part of there's a part of being a beat writer where it takes a little bit out of you from being a fan, but um when you get a when you get to see the confetti fly and I remember the coolest memory of mine was you know, I went in the locker room, I went back up to the press box, I wrote a couple articles. And then I went down, it was in uh, the Niners uh, stadium and I got to walk the field, you know, I just, there was, there was nobody in there. Well, I mean, there was a few people on the field and I, I walked the field and did a little selfie video of how the game hashed out and posted on Twitter and uh, just, just stuff uh, most people kind of dream about. So it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. I, I mean, how do you even how does one even become a beat writer? Do you just apply at, at like, uh, like walk us through, obviously you went yeah. to school for journalism, I'm sure, but like, how do you become a beat writer? What does that process look like? And how in the hell did you end up doing it for the Broncos? Yeah. And as I look on my screen, this is just terrible visual. So I'll, I'll do better next time. But, uh, um, so yeah, journalism major is a good route to go. If you want to be a beat writer of a sports team, um, and you got to slog through, you know, the gen ed courses they're going to make you do. But then once you get into your journalism major, it's really about uh, uh, learning, learning the, the core of how how articles are uh, formed and perfected. But then secondly, a lot of what you do, which is really cool. When I got into my major, what was really cool is I enjoyed it uh, very much. It's a lot of extracurricular. So you go interview. Uh, I did restaurant uh, reviews. I interviewed homeless people. I did sports games. You learn uh, the value of uh, asking and listening to people. And uh, it's a lot of freelancing. So freelancing, you got to you got to learn to 
put your stuff out there. You get a clip, what we call clips. You put your clips together. You say, hey, I have a really good idea for a story. And you just shoot your shot with publications. You you, uh, you say, hey, I mean, it could be your favorite uh, online publication, your favorite print. Uh, you got to shoot your shot and say, I have a really good idea. I want to analyze this perspective of this sport or this subject. And this is my idea. Here are my clips. This is what I've done in the past. Uh, let me know if you're interested. I mean, you really got to shoot your shot. And that's kind of how the ball got rolling for me was I had some local, they weren't, they weren't super Hail Marys, but they were pretty aggressive shots at local media uh print digital and otherwise that i said hey I, I think i have a really good idea for these guys and it was also um, teachers that that pushed these assignments as well and just sent out a ton of emails and ideas and then you get them back and you know you go for it so that's kind of how i got in so once you get in are you in like could like obviously you're out of the game now but like was it like i guess my, my question being once you become a beat writer for the Broncos, you did it for a couple of years. Did you have to like reapply every year? Is there competition? Is this like cutthroat and everybody? Because obviously it's a really cool job to have. Yeah. Everybody would that is in journalism would probably want to do something like that. Like, do you have to? Are you constantly competing to keep your role? Here, here's the reality. Here's the reality, and uh, I won't say I was the best at it because I wasn't. Uh, what it came down to for me personally was I, I looked around the room of, of guys I was going to practice, men and women I was going to practice with and interviewing folks with, and I didn't have the passion that they had. Sports, they eat, sleep, uh, breathe sports. As I get older, what I eat, breathe, and especially now that I pulled back, is fantasy football. So that's why I'm on here with you guys. Absolutely. The, the, the thing that I miss most is, is chit-chatting and people find nauseating is I want to talk fantasy football. So that's why I'm on here. Uh, I did not eat, sleep, and breathe just sports and Denver Broncos football like my colleagues. If you don't have that, you're not going to succeed. And in today's 24-hour news cycle, truly 24-hour news cycle, you talk about Twitter, Instagram, all social media, TikTok, whatever, you name it. Uh, to be successful, you have to be ingrained. You have to be following all these players on your team and basically every team in the league and breaking stories. And if you're not doing that, you're not going to make it. And you're probably not going to do that if you're not passionate about it. So mm -hmm. that's the key. And if when I was in college and I was going to school, my dream was to be a beat writer for the Denver Broncos. And what was awesome was, I guess I achieved it. I did it. Um, it but it's a grind. And if you're not passionate about it, right, you're probably not going to make it. So what, are, what what would a, an average day in the life of Sam look like as a beat writer? I mean, oh, it. It's got to be like you said. If you don't live, eat, and breathe this, like, do is there any days off, or you know, your big days are Sunday, I would presume, because yeah. you're there, you're you're watching yeah. the game. But like, when do you get you time? What what does your day look like on an average? Day? Follow follow up question to what uh, Hunter's asking: How many energy drinks per day were you consuming? <laughs> I'm not an energy drink guy. I'm a coffee guy. Just black coffee. I drink a shitload of black coffee to this He's day. The dirt man. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, zero <laughs> calories. Good for you. All you kids out there drink coffee. Anyways, <laughs> uh, 
No, so that that was the other portion of it, and and um, everybody handles it differently. Again, it's a hustle. You, especially in Denver media here, uh, if a guy's on a radio show, he's also moonlighting. He's writing articles for the same place or another publication. Um, they're doing all sorts of certain things to make income. For me, I uh, grew up lifeguarding in the summers, so I had my I had my um, foot in the door with. Uh, the city of Denver. And so I helped them out with their Denver aquatics program. So I worked there whenever I wasn't writing. And then I bartended three nights a week. So I was literally working seven days a week in some capacity. And then luckily I had cool enough bosses or just availability within the three jobs that whenever there was media availability, I would drive across town. The Denver Broncos facility, mile high is downtown, but the the, the practice facility is way uh, kind of Southeast, probably best traffic, 20 minutes, regular traffic, 35, terrible traffic, 45 minutes and then drive over there, uh, interview the guys right at the desk, go to the other job or whatever. So when I talk about a grind, like it's a grind. And then when I, then when I published it, you know, you get reactionary stuff you hear what uh, coaches said or player tweeted. Like, you just have to be on it. You got to be on it all the time. Did, so, uh, yeah. Did you ever Did get a day it. off during the week or no? Not really. I, I mean, I, I kind of, it's, it's a slight exaggeration, but most of the week I was working seven days a week because Sunday, Sunday was the fun day. Sunday was game day. And I would go down before the game, about an hour before the game, and um, go in, watch the work, uh, the pregame workout. They got, they got, they got the press. They got a like a little buffet, which was the Broncos was pretty good. I mean, I'd give it like a grade of a B for a buffet. But you get your get your food, and then it was endless coffee, cookies, whatever you want during the game, which was awesome. And then the press box was sweet. It was kind of sound uh, soundproof. So you're in the press box during games, yeah. then. Yeah, soundproof, soundproof, right above club level. The downside is you can't be a fan. Like, there's no cheering. you can't cheer. Yeah, yeah, it's like a library. It's like a library. Wow. Um, but it's just awesome. a lot of silent fist pumps. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, go down about an hour early. Follow game. Last, right before the two minute warning, you go down to the field level, and you can uh, kind of watch the last couple minutes of the game. Uh, and then they go to the locker room, a couple of minutes go by, go in the locker room, get all the quotes you want. The coach is going to come out, speak at the podium, quarterback, and maybe one or two other players. And then you can go back in the locker room, get whatever you need, shoot back up to the press box, write whatever you want, and then exit, man. I would get out of there. I'd go down a two o'clock game. I'd go down there about 1230. I'd leave about... 830 and then just be done okay. with the yeah. huh. that's so uh, so quick question I'm, I'm gonna interject on this one so i know uh listening to a lot of local radio shows here um where we are in omaha like uh, guys that they have writers and sometimes they'll write a piece or they'll have a hit piece that gets a lot of traction um did you did you ever write anything that got picked up by like the local media of like okay sam wrote this thing it's kind of juicy we got to have him on or sam wrote this thing 
why you why are you writing that shit, Sam? Like I kind of told you yeah. that in confidence. Or did you ever have somebody reach out to you and be like, that's not what I fucking said? No, that's an awesome question. Uh, if you're not getting that sort of reaction, you're probably not doing your job. Uh, it only happened to me a few <laughs> times, which makes me think that I was kind of in the middle. Uh, so one story, one story I broke and I, and you know, I don't like to toot my own horn. I mean, one story I broke was you guys will all remember when, uh, Akeep Tlaib shot himself, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. That was, that was right before I switched careers. And, um, being from Denver, I just kind of have, I just know a lot of people. In KC, you probably go to a Royals game or a Chiefs game and you just run into people, right? It's kind of that scenario where I've been, I've lived here my whole life. And so I kind of knew people. So a couple of occasions, people would like contact me, like random people and say like, oh, this happened or this happened. And uh, that was one of them where somebody was like, they found out they were kind of a secondary source to a very first rate source that was heard saying like, Oh yeah, he shot himself. And then, so I go, I go through and I do all my due diligence, make sure I get extra, extra sources to, to confirm what I'm saying. And then the Broncos have a fantastic PR uh, team and, you know, they're protecting their players they are protecting their brand. And, they, basically, it came down to like I can't deny that, but I can't confirm that, which is basically like it happened. It he happened. did it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was one, and and there it, it's it is kind of most of the people you work with in the press, you're all you're all kind of teammates, but you're competing because you're on different networks, different different publishers, all those things. There was a couple guys. There was actually only one, maybe two guys that I just really didn't like because the couple times that I did break news, which I didn't do often to be clear um, they would tweet something out. Like they broke it where the journalism kind of code is uh, a keep to leave. For example, a keep to leave shot himself first reported by. So you want to say mm-hmm. first reported by, because you want to give your colleague credit. or your whatever, your counterpart right. credit. And there was some guys that would, wouldn't do that. There were some guys that would, so a few times that I did break news, you found out who was legit and you found out who was just just a POS. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, you- that was one. The other big headline, this is going to be hilarious. The other big headline was I had a I had a friend of a friend who drove, he like drove Von Miller around occasionally and found out that Von Miller was doing Dancing with the Stars. So that, <laughs> that was a huge deal because he was like, you know, Dancing with the Stars is like midsummer, right before, uh, you know, right before training camp and everything. And I think he might have been in contract negotiations at the time as well. And somebody gave me the lowdown and I like, you know, did all my due diligence, found out he was doing Dancing with the Stars. And I broke it like Von Miller is going to be doing Dancing with the Stars. Because I think the Today Show, they have a sh- they have a they have a date and a time where they reveal that. Yeah. And I think if you're on Dancing with the Stars, like you have to sign some shit. Like you will not tell yeah. anybody because it's so, a big reveal. So and how I does that work that. then? Like, I mean, do you still write the story and you post it and you run with it? Because you oh, are yeah. like, okay. Yeah. He didn't sign the NDA. Yeah. That's true. I, I just yeah. like it. You mentioned That's like funny. other reporters being cutthroat and stuff like that. Like, 
Have you ever had it where they're writing the same damn piece that you are, and it's like the same like narrative being spun, or like what? Oh, I mean, what yeah, does that look lot, like? A lot of times, but uh, usually somebody's going to come out with it hours hours before you, and then by then it's old news. Yeah, and by then it's old news. But there's there's guys that'll have. I mean, shoot, I'm 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 small potatoes, or even was when I was when I was writing. There's guys that'll publish it hours after you, but because they have 10 times your following, they'll get attributed for breaking the news because they don't say first reported by. Yeah. Mm. And that's where you become a dirtbag. It's like, dude, just, just say who did it first. You're still, you're still seen by 10 times the people. Yeah. And there were certain guys, even that they have an agreement. There's a news organization that has agreement with the, with organizations like like the Broncos, where they get insider information. And it's like some people just can't even, uh, you know, when they get beat to a scoop, they just can't take it. And there were people like that, and you're just like in the same room with them, and you're like, dude. That that yeah. was that was kind of the the that was a small part where you're just like, Yeah, that sucks. That's that's a shitty part of the business. But yeah. I mean, do you do you like um you find out Von Miller's going to dance with the stars. Is there like a, a point in time where like whatever news you might acquire at that time, like your job is you're dropping everything and you're pursuing like you're pursuing the scoop at that point. Like, what does that look like from, from a beat writer perspective when you found out about Von Miller was like you're eating lunch or doing whatever you're doing. Does it drop everything and you need to, you need to figure this out. A hundred percent. If you have something that, you know, nobody else has, especially the the publication i was working for at the time was a very up-and-coming publication like yeah let's let's drop everything we got to show people that we have we have resources and we we're in the know and we're breaking news yeah it's absolutely and i mean especially that one that's like that's like uh the may may something in the nfl season that's like when there's nothing going on so you're like yeah that's that's news. Dancing with the Stars is news in May. Yeah, yeah. So so Sam is now blacklisted by ABC for breaking. Yeah, yeah. They, they, you know, luckily, yeah. I'm not. ABC's not a fan of mine, but yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. That's really good. I think um, in hearing all those stories, for me, it's it's almost like. Uh, I think about how tiring I would be like, you're always on. Yeah. You're always, I yeah. like, I could totally see why you wouldn't want to be a part of that. Like, like as cool as it is, like sometimes you're like, I know more about, you know, Von Miller taking a shit than I know about what's going on in my own family. And at some part that's gotta be tilting to some people of like, I don't, and I think of Adam Shell Adam Schefter, like when he breaks his stuff, like how that dude must just like sit in one of like those matrix type oh, chairs and just like plugs his own body into the internet just so he can feel if it all. You love it. If you love it, it's probably awesome. And then when you get to his point, I mean, to, to your point, it's probably, man, I, I wouldn't want that because he's probably literally getting texts. Probably get, he probably in, in, in an hour, he probably gets, God, I would only guess more than 50 texts. You know what I mean? Like that would be maddening to me. And that's, that was, it was multiple things that got me away from doing it. Uh, one was the one main one was long-term. I just didn't have the passion for it, which is a key to anything. If you're going to succeed at anything, you better have a passion for it. Or it's not going to last. And what I thought I did think that was my passion. And I got to do it for a while and realized it wasn't, that was the biggest thing. But another thing is just like, 
there is no on and off switch in that. It's it's uh, a ton of different hours, and then you got to grind. I don't know what Adam Schefter's making now, but it's a ton of money. <laughs> it's a ton of money. My my pace was I wasn't working three jobs seven days a week for the kicks. You know what I mean? So yeah. I would have to grind I, like for quite a while. I I assume somebody like uh, Adam Schefter or like Adrian Wojnarowski with the NBA. I just assume they have like nudes of everybody that they're holding as blackmail <laughs> over their heads like you better tell me or i'm just gonna blast all these nudes i have of you like i assume that's how you get to the very top you just have yeah pictures that's of why we started with the the built different question is we wanted to know yeah. what whose nudes do you have sam yeah who what, does sam what, have <laughs> leverage over <laughs> yeah, i don't i'm pretty happy that i don't but no 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 there was I'm sure there was some man. You you meet some egos in there. I'm sure there was some guys that would have would have been happy to just uh, just been swinging it around. But no, no. Uh, maybe not to the level of of nudity, but did you ever make any close relationships with some of these players to like be on a first name basis and like you know become more than just a uh, your reporter to them? Um. I kind of wish I would have. There was there was some guys that uh, I got pretty close to that were just genuinely cool people, and we had common interests. Uh, I, I I was still I was still kind of pursuing uh, just maximizing my time, and in the publication I was working for, I was one of one. Um, so I was kind of trying to write three stories in a day, and I had to talk to six people. Um, I guess that would be my excuse for not doing that. Um, DeMarcus Ware, I got pretty close with. Uh, super nice guy. And I say that from my perspective. There's probably a lot of reporters that would say that. He was just very gracious of his time. Yeah. And just an amazingly smart guy. One, he was very, very nice. But two, extremely smart. Uh, I remember having conversations about who he took uh, aspects of his game from and where he got those and he would recite games and film he watched and moves that he saw uh, stuff like that and he was just really gracious with his time side note I ended up uh, living next door to his uh, brother-in-law who I actually bartended with years before that just small world type of stuff Denver really is small yeah, and after I quit writing, I move into this new place. I see this bartender I used to bartend with. Uh, his brother's Demarcus Ware. Demarcus Ware like pulls up one day uh, to say hi, and I just see him, and we start chit chatting again. So there was that relationship. He was super cool. Um, and then, and I can't say that Peyton Manning and I were not close friends, but uh, Peyton Manning was super cool. Uh, I hate that you say that. Not I know because it, I just I, I I want a reason to hate the guy, and I'm like he he's hiding something. Like when there's he was some hidden cult, baggage. When he was a cult, I was like, this guy is such a douche. Dude, I'm not <laughs> buying his act. Like, nah, dislike the hell out of this guy. And then he came to the Broncos like, even if he is, I love him. <laughs> and then uh, a couple of years go by. I think it was a year or two, and then I started beat writing. And uh, and this isn't only me. Uh, I had a friend, just a total side note, a friend, huge Broncos fan. She invited Peyton, you know, you hear about this stuff all the time. She invited Peyton Manning to her wedding. He didn't come. But literally, he took the time out to make a video for them. Oh, wow. Sent him a video, wished him all the best. Like, And then I have a million stories like that where uh, people would reach out to me and say, oh, he did, Peyton Manning did this to complete strangers. He took 
just all this time out of his day to do these nice things for these people. And then as far as his excellence goes, uh, when he was approaching, I've told this story a million times, but when he was approaching the touchdown record, the all-time touchdown record, uh, we had his weekly press uh, time. And everybody was talking about who he'd thrown the most touchdowns to. And I think it was Marvin Harrison. And uh, somebody chimed in and totally unscripted, asked him, like, who have you only thrown one touchdown to? And he named off a few. And I shoot you not, one of the reporters said, well, what what was the throw to – it was some random tight end who played like three years in the league for the Colts. And this dude named the game who they played, the yardage, the time on the clock, the play call. Jeez. The oh, one man. touchdown. They, they, dude, there's no way he could have prepared it. Like somebody asked him some random question about one touchdown he threw to one guy and he could he listed he rattled it off like that huh. well to be fair i mean we've seen how big his head is i'm assuming that's where <laughs> all of that goes it's talking about leather brains he's got the, he's got big brains in the, in the, in the frontal yeah. lobe he keeps the game information in there i wanted to ask you really quick because it was one of my favorite i i mean AFC West is very well represented on this podcast. Um, I think we're only missing Chargers fans and we got to find the two that are if we wanted yeah. to get them onto the podcast. But <laughs> if one of my favorite Broncos players, uh, pains for me to say that, um, did you ever get a chance to like sit down and um, interview um, the Demarius Thomas? Um, yeah. And if you did, what was that like? Yeah. I know the unfortunate circumstances that happened with him, but he was probably one of my favorite like Broncos players, just watching yeah. him play and seeing how cool he was. Um, I just didn't know if you had any insights on him. Um, yeah, yeah, he might be. I mean, I'm I'm born and raised in Denver. Um, longtime Denver Bronco fan. He might be my favorite Bronco ever. And if if you lived here in Denver, and now it might have changed because unfortunately he passed away. But people really uh, – he was underrated. People thought he dropped too many balls. People thought he was soft. And I'm talking about in Denver. And you're talking about a guy that had, I think, six out of – I mean, he had six years of 100 yards, uh, 100 receptions. I mean, over 1,000 yards. Just unbelievable. He, paid th- he played through a bunch of injuries. Like, I think he is the most underrated Bronco. And that might have changed because he passed away. There's more of that – yeah they get that aura they get that aura it's it's, um you know when people are gone people remember him more fondly but uh yeah people were saying oh he's just too soft all these things i thought demarius thomas was awesome he was uh and he was personally you know the marcus ware just his kindness in demarius thomas just being uh generous with their time just very nice people. Demarius Thomas was just so soft-spoken and just, uh, uh, yeah, he was kind of an anomaly in, in a sports with a lot of alphas. Uh, he was a beast. Uh, physically, we started talking about uh, physiques. His was uh, pretty solid, pretty solid. But, like, he, his ego was not that of, like, a typical wide receiver. I played yeah. wide receiver in high school. I always wanted the ball. Uh, we all know wide receivers are typically kind of me guys. He was not. He was not one of those. 
he was not one of those. Did, did you ever have a problem, you know, growing up in Denver and then becoming a, as a child and then eventually becoming a, a beat reporter, did you ever have a, a point in time where you had to almost disassociate between like, you know, we put, we, we as NFL fans and, and fantasy football players, and we put these people on a very high pedestal, right? Like that's, yeah. we, we think of, oh, wow, it's this person. It's that, you know, they're famous. They're, they're larger than life. When you became a beat reporter, did you have to almost, did you ever have that moment where you had to disassociate and be like, these are just regular dudes. They're just playing a sport yeah. and they're really damn good at it. Did you have that moment? And what was that like for you? I didn't really have a moment like that. And I don't know, um, before and since, uh, I've had friends, uh, come to go to games with me and we, we run into players or something. And I've had people, uh, kind of fawn over these guys, grown adults, friends of mine fawn over these guys. I never, and not to say I'm better or worse than anybody. I just never had that sort of thing. So even immediately I was just like, you know, one, I wanted to be professional, but two, uh, I just had that idea in my head, like, hey, these guys are just regular athletes. They're 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 trying to do their job. I didn't have kind of a uh, nervous sort of, um, yeah, kind of reaction to these guys. Mm -hmm. And then once I got into it, it even it it just uh, multiplied. Like when you when you're there every day and you see what these guys have to do, um, and then the time they're taking to chat with you, and then you know you have a job to do. It's very professional. Like press and player, in my opinion, is just super professional. Everybody knows they're doing a job, you're doing a job, and that's what it has to be. Um, what's great about you since think, I, I'm going to stop you for a second. You think yeah. the players? You think the players understand that as well, and they understand that. You know, because from a player's perspective, do they see that beat reporters are like annoying, or do they see, hey, they're just trying to do their job too? Or like, I, from a player Depends perspective, what do you think? Depends on the guy. Depends okay. on the guy. Uh, I had I had a bunch of players, and in pretty quick, but definitely over the season, you will find out who's a good interview, who's a bad interview, uh, who thinks you're an idiot, uh, <laughs> who doesn't want to talk to you. And quite frankly, they're uh, they're probably pretty close to right. I mean, there were some guys. I mean, when you talk X's X's and O's with guys. Um, most of them are gracious with their time and try to explain it to you. Wade Phillips, uh, one of the coaches for the Broncos, he, ha I think he's coaching, um, is it XFL that's going right now? Yeah. Yeah. I think he's head coach in XFL. He coached the, he was the head coach of the Broncos back in the eighties. Um, his dad was a coach. He's been in the NFL forever. Uh, he liked a few reporters, but I mean, mostly he would, and he was, he was very, uh, charismatic and people love him, but I mean, you could get kind of the sarcasm in his answers. When you talk, I'm asking Wade Phillips who have been in the NFL for 40 years, uh, about how he's game planning for, uh, the Raiders or, or you name a really good defense, the Raiders not being one, but, uh, you name a good defense. How are you planning on playing this guy? And, and, you know, he, 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 you could almost tell he was trying to hold back, but then he, he just eventually say something there. You're like, all right, I, I know an iota what you know. And then there was other players. I mean, there was times where you, you can't do much about it where there was, there was guys that would just talk to you really rudely and you're just like, okay. 
Well, I'm going to go elsewhere. And then you think about it like this, like, was there ever a question that you regret asking any players and, and like that they were just complete assholes about, or you're like, damn, I shouldn't have asked that. No, no, I never remember one. In fact, the ones that you ask where you get that kind of reaction is probably, you probably ask a good question. Uh, obviously we've heard sound bites where somebody asks just a stupid question unrelated to the game or like somebody loses by 40 and like, how do you feel? Uh, I never asked one like that, but, um, no, no. If you get it, if you get an honest reaction, it's probably a good question. And, and I didn't, I didn't have one like that. I, I guess, know. did you kind of bridging off of that? Did, did you ever get a piece of information and being a fan? You're like, eh, I'm not going to say that one. I don't want to give the other team anything, the ability to see maybe what the coaches are thinking, or did you ever have something you're like, I'm just going to sit on that. There's no need to report it. I know for me, if I was interviewing the Chiefs and somebody said like, hey, we're going to run this in and out play against the Eagles. I'm like, oh, shit, you better not tell anybody that one. Like, we're going to we're going to pocket that one. Um, but I didn't know if you ever got anything. You were like, no, no I don't no, want to share that. Because because if they if they said it all and it was a good quote, I'd write it because that was just that was just kind of my job. A lot of a lot of what I did kind of drew me away from being a fan because you're just there mm. and you have a job to do and you want to be successful. So I kind of. Whatever they told me, if it was a good quote, I was going to write it. Um, but for, I, I would say, 98% of the time, these coaches and players, and talk, they talk and coach speak. Like, they're, they're going to give you very little. Like, very little. Especially the coordinators and the head coach. Like, they're not going to. Like, you, I would ask questions to kind of dig into the game plan. They're, they're not going to give you anything. We, we got to score more points than them. We got to make fewer mistakes. <laughs> yeah. No yeah. Shit. That's what's kind it, of the name movie, of the game. Uh, Welcome to the NFL. Old Durham, where the pitcher, he, yeah. Kevin Thompson, teaches them the cliches. Yeah. 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 Somebody's Same. teaching them a class in the NFL, for sure. That's, yeah. Did you ever have anything like, did you ever write a, I'm assuming no, but we got to ask the question. Do you ever write a piece where you're like, I, I fucking hate this guy. I'm going to write it in a fashion that would degrade him in order to like a, like a hit piece of sorts. Is that you ever not, and maybe not even you, but you ever encounter that with any of your other colleagues? Well, well, my, the, the publication I wrote for at the time, I was, I was, I was one of one for a while. Then one of two, um, I, I didn't do that. I mean, I did I did in the beginning for, for an earlier publication when I covered the Raiders. I would do kind of what we call clickbait. Yeah. Or to this yeah. Day, I, hate, I hate those. But, like, <laughs> I would write, especially this time of year, you, you say, I want to, uh, top five draft prospects for the Raiders when I covered the Raiders for a year. And it was, uh, you know, you, you have to click – another page oh, each another one page. oh that, that was probably like, like that was probably like the lamest thing that i wrote um for the most part i i pretty much stuck to the on-field stuff i pretty much stuck to on-field stuff yeti uh, probably has some questions up his sleeve then for you for that one year you were a beat writer for the raiders He's, yeah we'll have to do some cleanup oh man yeah, yeah i covered i covered um uh what was it 2012, 2013, something like that. But yeah, yeah, they still sucked then, and they. Sucked <laughs> Did you ever? Was it ever difficult Sheesh. for you being a Broncos fan, like interdivision? Did you like secretly was, kind of despise it a little bit? That was that was well. I I, I thought it was going to be tough, but they sucked. So it was like, all right, okay, I, <laughs> I just tell the truth. Yeah, it's not good. yeah. He was like all caps lock. 
And the Raiders lost to the Broncos today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was smiley, not pretty. Smiley face. Yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't a problem. That was back. That was back when I was just getting started, and I pretty much covered them remotely. So I'd get I would get their press releases and just write it from Denver. So that was kind of difficult because I couldn't ask my own questions, things like that. It was kind of I don't want to call it fake journalism, but it was uh, let's say work from home journalism, which is nice. not a real thing. But yeah. If you weren't a Broncos fan, what what team do you think you'd support? Oh, what a good question. Um, I spent some time. I've, I've gone to down to New Orleans a few times, and I was down there for a wedding, and they had a playoff game down there. One, New Orleans is awesome. It smells it's like too, piss. Like we have I mean, to, yeah, we have to acknowledge that it's grimy. It's and the grimy, homeless, the homelessness is an issue. But it's, but go it's visit. Grimy. <laughs> what major city, you know? No, that's fair. That's fair. It's, it's it just, no. I will say, I've been to New Orleans on Mardi Gras, and I have never smelled a place that, that oh, smelled dude, that I, awful. I, I it was incredible. Nor would I. Nor it was disgusting. Yeah, I'm too but, old for it. But, uh, no, but their fan base, their fan base, they love, they love the Saints. And so, maybe that wouldn't be my first choice, but when the Broncos suck, they're in the NFC total, like across the country. Like I can find myself rooting for them. Uh, it's a, I, I like the people of that city, like just good people. Like they like to party. Hell uh, they like for you to have a good time when you're down there. Like they're just good people and they love their team. Like I thought Broncos fans were, were legit. I was down there for a playoff game and it dwarfed Broncos shit. Like it was awesome. Yeah. And I would have said the, I would have said the Packers, because it's just like middle of nowhere, very wholesome. You, I always wanted to go. It's a publicly owned team. You know, you can own a, sh- a quarter share of the Packers <laughs> or whatever. Uh, but, you know, he who shall not be named is yeah, kind of like, yeah. once they move on from him, I could see myself rooting for them too. Okay. I had a, I had a great, I had a great uncle that played for them way back in the day, so I could root for them. You want to okay. talk about dick pics. Packers had Brett Favre who liked Jeez. to send those off, so... That, you know, maybe a plus call. Who would have thought, like, <laughs> Brett Favre, like, being so, – who would have thought he was such a prima donna about his exit and then the whole dick pic thing and all of that? You'd think that Aaron Rodgers would be like, wow, that guy's an asshole. I don't want to go out like that. He's like, no, yeah. I want to go out exactly. No, he got oh, the blueprint. He, he got the blueprint. He tried to yeah, take the uh, dick pic in his darkness retreat, but you know he couldn't see it, so he's got to figure out a different way. He's probably got some floating around. <laughs> fair. Were you ever fair. mistaken as a fan? Like, did that ever happen where, like, you were – I mean, you have backstage passes to this whole damn show. You ever been somewhere and they're like, hey, get the fuck out. We, fans aren't allowed yeah. back here. No. No, man. I mean, uh, it is you. You think you think about these these teams, and they're kind of larger than life. But like, uh, the Broncos are a class. Like, they're just such a great organization. They get to know you, and then the, are the, you saying this because you're Homer? I just I, no, I no, no, okay. no. I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Pat Bowen, uh, R.I.P. Like, built this. Like, their PR staff and everybody was uh, just so professional and so on top of shit. Um, and then they know, they know everybody who's supposed to be there. And it's actually a pretty small crew. You got your TV guys, your radio guys, your writers, and then whoever's there day in, day out. Like it's a pretty, I would say it's probably, you even talk about the guys carrying the cameras and shit. You're probably talking 30 everyday people. 
Jeez. Like it's it's it's, it's a not a whole people. lot. And they know who you are. So no, no, no. Okay. And, and I was so I was so bent on um So Alan you know, and I couldn't pass professional it's just and building. Sneaking like, in. I was I was not a fan. I was I never wore Broncos stuff. You know, you just I did a funny one was though, I uh, had a buddy who played football at uh Southern Cal and I had a pair of sweats uh with with like the Trojan logo on it. And uh uh, one of the players for the Broncos went to Notre Dame and Beat the shit out of you, in the you know, <laughs> usually, you know, I wouldn't wear that stuff a lot, but like, if it's like a Wednesday, just a practice hour interview time, like you could be pretty casual. And so I'd wear those some once in a while. And, uh, the PR guy came up to me. He was like, you can't, you can't wear those anymore. And I was like, like, what are you talking about? And he's like, that yeah. player's a fucking douche. Like, Second I don't know player. who it was. I'm not. Yeah. And I, I thought, I thought the same is, thing. And he was, was like, a super nice guy. He was a super nice guy. But I'm like, you're really worried about little old me. This beat reporter's fucking sweatpants pissed me off today at practice. And your whole locker is adorned with Notre Dame stuff. I'm like, dude, you should Douche. be worried about other stuff. Douche. Yeah. Who you're, was you it? made it to the next level. <laughs> Get over it. Yeah. Douche. Yeah. Who was it? I can't say. Yeah, uh, I, I don't. I don't want to know who it is. Because I mean, you could go. You could go back to twenty fifteen and see who from the. the, the all right, the I'll do that. I'll work. I'll work back. Game. I bet but, you there was like two or three, if that. But, but. I guess I, I would also want to say in uh, slap you. I mean, I've. I mean, Sam. I've seen Sam. In, he's not a small dude either. Sam, you're. I mean, you're fairly tall. So I would Unlike assume you probably probably more pass as a player <laughs> than you would as a fan, anyways. <laughs> yeah, How tall you are you, know, Sam? And these days, uh, six two, six two okay. and a half. Yeah, that's so not. I'll, you're I'll, not a small uh, man. I'll text. I'll text the crew. Uh, my one of my proudest pictures is. Uh, so you know, kind of like quarter quarter life um, freak out. When I was covering the team, I got in really good shape, and I have a picture of me interviewing Demarius Thomas. And uh, I was I was like ripped, and I'm like half an inch shorter than him. And Demarius Thomas was ripped, and I'm standing next to him, and I'm looking pretty good. Gotta say, gotta say, that's really kind of my <laughs> look like so, a boss. There you go. Peak, they ever have peak, you come in for tryouts? They're just like, hey man, why don't you why don't you come throw well, some balls know, instead of write some words? Especially spring training, like I was always ready for one to one to fly by. Yeah, like, like, I still got it, coach. Put me in. Yeah, never happened, but uh, I was ready. Okay, that's good. Speaking of coaches, Nathaniel Hackett, you uh, obviously were done beat reporting by that time, but if you you were still beat reporting, you could ask that man one question. Do you have any thoughts about what you might ask him, like a really good, hard-hitting, like, I'm a beat reporter question? Just about, like, his – we'll say it's end of season. Everything's already happened with him. What's your what's what are you what are you going in and you're just like, hey, Mr. Hackett, it's me, Sam. And I, I would ask him. I would ask him. Oh man, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. Question. What I would ask him though is, what's? In, I think this is relevant because he just got a new job with the Jets. I would say, what was the process like to getting hired, specifically, and what do you think? Uh, put you over the top to get the Denver Bronco head coaching job. That's what I'm curious about. Okay. Like as, how, as a fan, are you happy to see him gone? Fuck. 
No, we can cuss. We say fuck here. I know. I know. There's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I want to say whatever you want. There you go. Fuck dick balls, cock, shit. Dude, this this guy. This is what my ultimate fear was. We were just hiring him to get he who shall not be named. Mm. But I was like, if if we get him because we hire Hackett, like I guess I'll ride with that. But again, you're putting the cart before the horse. If we're hiring this guy because we're trying to get he who shall not be named. This is the dumbest thing for a multi-million dollar company to do in the history of history. And then you see what happened throughout the year. There's no other thing that you can determine is like this guy was completely unprepared, completely unqualified. And we literally just got him because we thought we'd get he who shall not. Mm. Well, you got Russell Wilson. That's why I'd ask him like, what put you over the top? Yeah. You have like something legitimate where the coaches was like, oh, nobody, nobody put it like that. Like, wow, that's really innovative and impressive. Or was it like, (laughs) how well do you know? what's his face like we could deploy the adam schefter theory and he had nudes he had dick pics on him he had dick pics of somebody he might just title this episode dick pics if that's what if that's what he said he's like yo he had john elway naked in his (laughs) phone i got i got a picture of you should not be named it's about this big you're hired (laughs) so you got russell wilson instead uh i Obviously, we've seen what happened, but like initially, when you heard that, were you were you excited? Were you angry? Were you? I mean, what was your thoughts as a Broncos well, I fan? Think, I think anybody who would, I think anybody in this town in Denver that would tell you, experts or anybody that would tell you they weren't hyped when we got Wilson is an absolute liar. Do you still know people right. in the industry? I'm sorry to cut you yeah, off here. A uh, couple, couple. I don't, I don't chat with them often, but uh, I actually just jumped back on on Twitter recently. Uh, but uh, at Sam Cohen, go follow him. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been chit chatting with guys, and I run into uh, guys once in a while. But um, everybody was psyched. Uh, I guess you could say the experts, quote unquote, knew that he had had a couple bad years. Obviously, you can just see it in the statistics. But everyone in this town thought he had stuff left in the tank. And after you talk about Paxton Lynch, Trevor Simeon, uh, Jesus, I mean, you name it. Every quarter, uh, yeah, Jesus, every quarterback since Aiden, <laughs> like it's been such, it's it's been so bad. When we got him, we're like, awesome. He's he's in his early thirties. Uh, yeah, he's had a bad season or two. He's won a Super Bowl. Like, okay, hyped. Like this is great. Um, where I'm at now is. I'm probably over optimistic that he still has stuff in the tank. It was so bad that he might be washed, but I'm, I'm really, as a fan, I'm leaning and hoping that it was more Hackett than Wilson. I think that's fair. I, I, I think, think as, I think as you're a, right. As a bipartisan who has no interest in any of that division, realistically, I think Hackett is a large part of that blame. And, and I said it at like week three last year, you, you watch them play and, He's trying to run the offense as if he has he who shall not be named when that is not who he has. He has a different team, a different skill set, and he's trying to run that same offense, and it, it didn't work. And so well, there was a bunch of stuff he was just doing. This is bonehead. He was acquiescing to Russell, I think, had a big ego and was mm-hmm. like, he had a lot of, uh, I mean, his family had like, and I'm 
missed it. I'm paraphrasing, but they had like 10 parking spots in the player parking lot. Like he had an extra office, which everybody's heard about, which isn't unheard of, but like we acquiesced to everything he asked for. And it was more like he was coming in to coach the Broncos offense than Hackett himself. And I think that's a, that's a wrong way to do things, especially with a quarterback that's coming off a couple bad years. Um, and uh, Sean Payton's not going to – I think he's already said as much. Like, he's not going to allow that, and I don't think that's a way to do it. So, yeah. I don't th- you talk about the inexperience from the coaching staff acquiescing to this guy. I think it was kind of a perfect storm of things. We had, we did – I hate to say it, we did have a ton of injuries. Uh, I think it was kind of a perfect storm, really. Yeah, if you think so. about it, too, from Nathaniel Hackett, like he's a young 40s coach. It's his first head coaching job. You get a guy like Russell Wilson, who you've seen on TV a bunch, you assume Russell knows what he's doing. So you kind of defer. It's like if you got a team in like, you know, Tom Steph Brady, Curry jo- you know, Steph Curry joined the basketball team. You never, you know, you don't, you're, it's your yeah. first go. You're like, Hey man, what, uh, what did you guys do? Like what worked? You're like, well, I had my own office. I had 10 parking spots. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, okay, yeah, we'll do all that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, if you say so. All right. We'll see if it works. Oh. Yeah. From a fantasy standpoint, I think. Uh, I've always tried to stay away from Broncos just because you still doing it this year. Are you still staying away from fantasy for fantasy purposes from, from the Broncos? I mean, the Broncos, even, even when Peyton was with the team, I didn't, uh, I didn't really jump into Broncos because I didn't want it to kind of hinder my, my Sunday watching, but I don't think there's a player on the Broncos offense that I would take. Jerry Judy. It might be of interest to me. No. I, I'm I uh, I might be interested in Judy. Depending I wish we'd have traded him. I wish we'd have traded him. I, not a fan. I, I think, no, not a fan. Uh, in, unfortunately, Cortland Sutton. I don't. He's never been the same since his knee injury. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. I, I I said it in this offseason. I would trade. I would trade everyone. For Kyler except... Murray. <laughs> Dude, there was kind of talks of that. Would you take Kyler? Uh, with Russell and maybe some picks or something like that, but uh, you should do that because <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, I know you fancy football though. You got I'll take Kyler Murray over oh, Russell Wilson. Yeah, one out of ten. Well, except Kyler Murray may not be back at the start of the year because when's he going to be back? Uh, it's we're I don't know. I don't know what I we're still trend. I think we're trending where like he'll be out the first couple weeks, but he could make an appearance. Well, we'll see. I don't know. Where's the wide receivers? Well, we got Hollywood. Um, I'm hoping DeAndre Hopkins is going to be gone. I I hope that if you love something, set it free. He's going to the he's Chiefs. Cheating on you right now. He's cheating oh, on man. you right now. No, you're, I'm fine. I look, he's not cheating on me. I know about it, and I I uh, I give him the green he's light. He's on Tinder right now. It's he's a full Tinder. rebuild, dude. Arizona. I'm, I'm fine with it. Anyone. I'm okay. I'm good. Yeah, JJ retired. That, gone. that was so sad for me. Like I, because I, JJ Watts, probably one of my favorite NFL players. I was, I'm happy for him that he's, he, you know, he had the career that he had, but I was like, damn dude, I wanted you to get a ring. And like, at one point in time, the Cardinals looked like that could be a D de- like a couple years prior. It looked like it could maybe happen. And then it just shit hit the fan. Well, two years ago, way. you guys had that start where it was hot. Like you guys, I, know. I forget what the record was. It looked it was promising. Nice. And then, then it was, you know, Call of Duty started releasing updates, and then away you go. (laughs) Fuck you, Activision. Uh, I only have one more question for you, Sam, and then we can get the hell out of here. Yeah, yeah, shoot. So did you play fantasy football when you were a beat writer? 100%. Okay. I'm glad to hear that. 
Did you ever get like an, some sort of insider scoop from other beat reporters or from other people about like about certain players? And did you use that as an advantage to help yourself maybe get a trophy in fantasy football? Uh, I can't recall. I, I, I literally can't recall where the, the Broncos were playing somebody and I found out about somebody I was playing against or, or had on my team where I was like, oh, that's insider stuff. Because obviously the injury reports, uh, what they have to come out with is pretty accurate. You know, you got your questionable doubtful out. Uh, and because of the way you have to insert and take out guys, as far as just being in or out, is pretty cut and dry. But as far as like, oh, this is a nagging thing and he'll play, but he's not going to be 100%. I never really got that insider information. I already told you. Damn. Like, I, missed I literally – I literally can't even think of a Bronco. Dude, I haven't had a Bronco. And this just would be. That's so uh, sad. You just haven't had a Bronco on your fantasy team. I haven't for... had a Bronco on my fantasy team. In, uh, Let's do it this know. year. You need to drive. You take one. Just yeah. take one. Get, take one Bronco. Take the kicker. Javante Williams. I do love him. I'm Javante. hoping I'll take him late. I'll take a flyer on him. If he could bounce back, that'd be a good one. That's about it. That's about it. All right. Okay. I'm holding right. out. I got I got Judy in my dynasty league, so I'm just kind of holding out some hope. That... Yeah. See, you're just being you're just being optimistic. I I'm that's being like, that's like Matt with Kyle Pitts. No, He's just like... Matt's Matt's like <laughs> that guy's got a boner for Kyle Pitts. Kyle, <laughs> yo, Kyle Pitts got one more year to like prove it. Jerry, see, Jerry, he's had fucking three years to prove it, Sam. Go ask Here we Scotty go. How, how. Let's get Matt. Let's get him. I'm gonna that's, call him. That's an episode. Wait, was, were they? Is that the same draft class? Uh no. I think I think it was Judy, and then Pitts was the following. Yeah, so that's year, what I'm saying. Yeah, Jerry, yeah, Judy, yeah, yeah. Jerry Judy thinks he. He's young, man. He's young. Do you think he? Do you think his lack of success was because his last name is a girl's name? Didn't think about that. Do you think that plays with him a little bit? Like he doesn't feel as masculine out there on the field. He feels, yeah. He's like, yeah, fuck yeah. My name. He's like, I'm named after Jerry Rice. Nope, my last name is Judy. Fuck. My problem is, I think he has too much confidence and too much. uh, That's why I think I think Sean Payton's good for this team. I really, I honestly, all bullshit aside, I think. Sean Payton is going to come in and he's going to set the narrative. And and honestly, a, a part of me wanted Sean Payton to go to the Cardinals for the same reason, because I think he's going to come in and be like, we're not fucking putting up with this shit. Russell Wilson's losing his goddamn office and Jerry Judy. Like you just clean up the team a little bit. It, it, yeah. it checks everybody's ego. Yeah. Yeah. And quite frankly, so, so that's another thing about Russell Wilson and everybody else is the good news is nobody, nobody wishes we would have had the season we just had. The good news is this year, nobody, nobody, I hope, and I bet you Jerry Judy still does think he's the shit. Nobody on this Bronco team should have any sort of ego, like no. including Russell Wilson. You just came off your bet, worst season ever. You shouldn't be asking for extra anything. Nobody should be posting extra anything. You should be, it's a prove it year for absolutely everybody on the team. And so that's like the good news is. We got a new coach who's won a Super Bowl. There's no, there's no ambiguity in there. Quick. If Russell Wilson doesn't get this done this year, it's like, okay, you're you're washed. Jerry Judy, you don't, for get, you. you don't get it done this year, you're washed. I think that's fair. Are you nervous at all that his Super Bowl was so far gone? He's like a Mike McCarthy. We've heard that. Like he's kind of like he won it with a Hall of Famer at it prime, like as a perfect soup. 
you know, he had a great team. I know you need a good head head guy, but yeah. do you think he's too far removed from that to like? And I'm before you answer this. That? Before you answer this, I'm going to compound off this question because I love this. Yeah, I'm curious as to your answer on Allen's, but also you could also look at it as, and this is why ultimately I didn't. I was fine with passing on him with the Cardinals. Is it, it, perhaps the writing was on the wall and he fucking bailed on the Saints. You look at the the situation they're in now and they're in cap space hell. He bailed a, a little bit early. And now he's on another team. I mean, what are your, Alan, my question, generic thoughts on Sean Payton go? Yeah, so I agree with you. Uh, There is that concern. Here's to be fully candid. I think, I don't know if you guys caught this, but we hired our defensive coordinator is the guy we fired because he was a crappy head coach just a couple years ago. Vance Joseph, who you know well, Slapdog, as as yeah, the, the owner friend. of like uh every defensive coordinated has been 30 plus in the league somehow he's our d coordinator now taking over a top 10 defense that's my biggest concern is that's who our head coach hired yeah my my confidence is Sean Payton knows how to tool up an offense i think he knows how to if you look at his draft history he knows how to draft and uh, yeah. move up in the draft to get what he wants those things all bring me confidence Secondly, I think he did leave New Orleans because he's just like, yeah, dude, this is just like a no-win situation from a cap standpoint, a pick standpoint. Broncos are in pretty much cap hell right now because of what we gave up for for Wilson. So if he took this job, I would hope he's got kind of a, a short, mid, long-term idea of how to get out of it. You if it's just a cash grab, I think we'll see that pretty quick. I think we'll see you could pretty- kind of say since he's an offensive guy, he actually did himself the best favor because he can pump his offensive numbers up this year with a crappy defense because he's going to have to score and he's probably going to have to like, you know, the, the defense is going to let them score quicker. So this is actually probably like a smart play for Sean Payton <laughs> overall because he's like, cool, my offense, we're going to get the ball like a fuck ton and we're probably going to get it. Well, we still have the bones of a good defense. I just think Judy. the guy running it, the, the guy running it, I, I, I couldn't believe we hired Vance Joseph. Yeah, I was I I'm fine with that. Like I wish you guys the best, but we had a decent like personnel wise. We didn't have the we shouldn't have been where we were defensively. Granted, offensively we couldn't move the ball worth the shit. So I mean, there's there's a lot of arguments to be made across the board. Um, but yeah, I, I uh, overall I think it was the right move for the Broncos. I'm surprisingly optimistic on you guys this year, and. Uh, and I'm going to ride Jerry Judy to oh, a fantasy yeah. football championship. Let's go. So. Let's go. I hope I hope all the uh, Leather Brains fans don't uh, – you know, I know it's probably heavy <laughs> in the city. I hope they just don't turn this off because we're just talking about the Broncos all day. But, uh. No, that's why we had you on. We, we want to talk about Broncos. We want to talk about the experience with the beat reporter. I'm sure Yeti will have some cleanup questions uh, as you, you kind of did some stuff with the Raiders, and he is our, our Raiders homer. So – but I don't have anything else. Alan, do you have anything to ask Sam regarding his uh, no. his career or former um, career? Rather, I was just going to say, happy to have you on, man. I know when we yeah. talked about this a while back and I heard of your affinity for fantasy football, I was like, we got a group Sorry, of guys, guys and you got you got some talent to talk and you know, you know how to write things. And so I'm just excited to have you as a part of the team. Um, I know we got the new website. We got a lot of stuff rolling. So I'm just happy to have you a part. Um, you can do it not on a 24 seven, you know, schedule, you can write about what you want and you can talk come in. And so I think the, the fan base for us, I think it's, it's going to be a really good addition um, to our podcast. Awesome. 
If anything, I can be an antagonist for all you Kansas City folks. And, <laughs> no, uh, I, I will. You and I can ride together in the sunset on that one. We got some, no, it's a good mix. We got some Raiders fans. We got, yeah, uh, yeah it'll be good. And uh, my passion for fantasy, fantasy football increases by the day. So that's that's. Uh, You're in the right I'm place, brother. You're and I know right that uh, draft is around the corner, and I'll have a lot of stuff to chit chat and write about so looking forward looking to forward it. to it so we will certainly have you back on the podcast and and uh sounds like you might be doing some writing for us as well yeah. go check him out sam Cowick on twitter and uh or cowick i guess i don't you you said Cowick is i just want to make sure it is Cowick, right or is it do you prefer cowick now's the time just, just i'm gonna no, go for just, the rest of the time just no h so you could cowick 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 sam cowick, cowick. Checked Sam off Cowick. the board, baby. Hey, we appreciate you having you on today and, and uh, you giving us a little bit of insight into what it's like to be a beat reporter. So let's get the hell out of here, boys. And we are out. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you tune into our new releases every week on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and check out leatherbrains.com for all of your fantasy football needs. And remember, Brainiacs, a championship should be more than a fantasy.